0: Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves is brought to you by RockAuto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit RockAuto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Happy Sunday, everybody. This is the post game podcast following Wolves Pelicans on Saturday night. We are going to talk all things wolves Pelicans. It was a fun game, competitive game. Of course, the Wolves led big. They led by nine with just a few minutes left and ended up losing the game in overtime. Um, So we'll break down the game flow, really kind of the end of the game, the execution towards the end of the game, game takeaways, of course, key takeaways, I should say, next segment. And then we'll get into individual studs and duds, as we always do, who played the best and the worst for the Wolves. And there's really, I I mean, there's a lot to talk about with this game, honestly. So we're going to go ahead and jump into this a reminder though, here off the top, you can subscribe to this podcast or follow the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, and of course the all-new Odyssey app. That's Odyssey A-U-D-A-C-Y. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked on T-Wolves. That's Locked On Locked on T-Wolves. Don't forget the T and at B Beacon. It's B-Beacon, Two B's, Two E's, C-K-E-N. All right. So Wolves Pelicans. Of course, the Wolves beat the Pelicans the first time that these two teams played. And that was uh right after the All-Star Break. That was a game that the Wolves dominated start to finish the, there was still you know no D'Angelo Russell at the time um Zion Williamson had a had a difficult night for New Orleans Karl Anthony Towns actually wasn't that great for the Wolves in that game either but the Wolves ended up winning by 20 um, or excuse me by 30 in that game this was way back right after the all-star break Jalen Noel came off the bench and that one had 28 points on 13 shots was fantastic Towns only had 16 and 7 um But Jade McDaniels had 20 points, still coming off the bench way back at that time. Anthony Edwards had 27 as a starter. Zion had 24 points, but um, he was six of 11 at the line. And just the Wolves did a good job defending him. He had a game worse, plus minus in that game. And uh, Minnesota won by 30. This time around, though, Zion Williamson dominated. I mean, he was virtually unstoppable. The Wolves tried to make his life a little more difficult. And there were stretches, really kind of third, early fourth quarter, where Minnesota did pretty good containing him. But he ultimately was was the difference in this game. Um, so we'll talk quick game flow here. This game started out uh, relatively slow. I mean, D'Lo came in the game midway through the first quarter, was really hot at end of the first, early second quarter. The Wolves offense was active and, uh, or excuse me, the defense was active for Minnesota. The Pelicans scored 38 in the first quarter, but it was really more a function of them just getting hot from the three-point line. I mean, Minnesota was scrambling. The defense wasn't, in my opinion, it wasn't that bad. Um, but New Orleans still took an eight-point lead, 38-30 after the first frame. And then they, in the second quarter, it was the Wolves bench unit that was just throughout the game really fantastic. D'Angelo Russell was really good early in this one offensively. Um, he struggled from outside the arc, but he was great from the mid-range. He was distributing. Um, really, he was dealing. I mean, he was passing the ball extremely well in this game. And uh, Nas Reed was very good. Wancho had some good stints. But the second quarter was really the Wolves bench kind of getting them back in this thing. And, and Minnesota got to within... Uh, uh, actually a tie game at halftime. They they were a plus eight in the second quarter, were tied by the half. Well, the Wolves did score. I mean, you know, they had, what, 30 in the first quarter and 65 by halftime. The Wolves' offense was was sloppy. Um, they, they were playing a little bit loose and just kind of careless with the ball. Turnovers were a major issue in this game. Um, Minnesota had had 16 I guess New Orleans had 21 but that was because the Wolves were actually they had a season high in steals in this one too but the Wolves offensively that doesn't excuse the turnovers that Minnesota had and it was D'Lo uh you know a lot of D'Lo mistakes Carl Anthony Towns a little bit Anthony Edwards was at times a little overzealous and and it just wasn't the Wolves were just a little careless with the ball um when Zion was on the bench the the Wolves made a lot of hay in the second quarter, especially. And that was, again, with the Wolves bench unit with Zion Williamson on the bench resting. And um, the Wolves got the lead. I mean, they were up late in the second quarter. They tried going to zone with a couple of minutes left and then New Orleans uh, ended up tying things up. And that's something the Wolves did a couple of times throughout the game, end of the third quarter as well. They flipped into playing a zone on defense and it it surprised New Orleans a little bit for a couple of possessions. And then, and then all of a sudden they would figure it out and, and the Pelicans would you know, uh, make some adjustments and the wolves only did it for a couple minutes at a time, which is probably the right way to use the zone. And it was effective against this team because the Pelicans, if they go through stretches, I mean, Lonzo ball was just piping hot from three, from the three point line early in the game. But overall, I mean, the Pelicans aren't a great three point shooting team and the wolves were able to force them into, um, and they ended up shooting 39% in this game from outside. Um, but the wolves mixing in the zone was an effective way to combat what the Pelicans are trying to do—it's difficult to play zone against Zion Williamson because he just rolls through the zone, and he's fast enough and big enough that you can't get in front of him and truly slow him down. And so, using the zone sparingly, but still kind of mixing it in, was was the right way to handle uh, the defensive coverage by by Chris Finch and, and David Vanterpool. Um, at any rate, this was a tie game at halftime, and the third quarter was was. Uh, really a lot of fun. It was a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. Um the Wolves tried Jared Vanderbilt on Zion a little bit late in the third quarter and it was much better than it was early in the game. Um and and Vanderbilt actually did a decent job. Also Zion struggled at the free throw line, which isn't all that unusual for him. What is he for the season? He's uh he's 69% from the line for the season, 69.4%. And in this game he was he was nine of 15. And a lot of those misses came in the early or the mid stages of this game when the Wolves were trying to, um, you know, keep pace and eventually build a lead. And they did, um, they did, they did build a lead at one point. dilo was dealing in the third quarter, early fourth quarter. Ricky Rubio was, was awesome. Defensively got a ton of big steals. The Wolves built a lead and they were up by nine late in the game, um, and this really kind of felt like it was, I don't want to say it felt like it was over, but it was starting to feel that way. The Wolves were up by multiple possessions throughout the fourth. They were up, uh, this this game was tied at about the eight minute mark, but then the Wolves surged ahead and they went on a 10-0 run. Um, the game was tied at 107. The Wolves went on a 10-0 run and were up, uh, were up 10 with six minutes to play. And then they were up nine with three and a half minutes left. Eric Bledsoe split a pair of free throws. The Wolves are up nine with three and a half minutes left. And from that point forward, there were like five, literally four consecutive possessions. The wolves sent the Pelicans to the free throw line and the Pelicans made the majority of those free throws to pull back within four points. And the wolves defense was the biggest issue. And then offensively they couldn't execute. I mean, towns got fouled once and got to the line. And then when this was a tie game, Rubio made a go ahead bucket with just under 40 seconds to play a really tough leaner at the end of the shot clock on a nice pass from D and the wolves went up two. And then, um, and then on the other end, an offensive rebound off a couple of misses. In fact, the, the Pelicans missed two three-pointers. Lonzo Ball and Brandon Ingram each missed tough threes to try and take the lead. But the offensive rebound by Willie Hernan Gomez, of course, Juancho's brother. And then the putback sent, tied the game. We'll talk about the Wolves. Actually, let's talk about it now. The Wolves' final possession. The Wolves called a timeout in a tie game, 22 seconds left. And they basically called a high screen and roll for D'Lo. Well, they flattened out at first, then they brought a screen from Nas Reed for D'Lo and then they flattened out again. And basically it ended up being a D'Lo isolation play. And he hoisted a difficult three pointer in a tie game, which yes, D'Angelo Russell is, we get it. He's got ice in his veins. He's a fantastic clutch player. He's great in crunch time, but his three point, he was one of 12 on threes in this game. His jumper period wasn't great. He had a couple of mid range jumpers, but he actually did some damage in the paint in this game. And I think everybody in the world knew that that was kind of, as soon as they saw how the Wolves came out, once they got the ball inbounded, that's what they were going to do. The Pelicans knew it. And they did credit New Orleans for pressing up really hard on D'Lo, for pressing up hard on Towns in the corner and really kind of not leaving much space outside of the middle of the floor, which was completely vacant. And the first play the Wolves ran in overtime, once the game went to overtime after D'Lo predictably missed the really difficult step back three pointer in a tie game, um, The Wolves ran a play where Edwards curled around a screen and got into the paint and got a dunk. And obviously, end-of-game situation isn't the same as opening possession of a quarter or even of overtime, but it's that sort of play with motion that I—and we don't know exactly what was called in the huddle, but it very well could have been pick and roll into a D-lo isolation if what we don't like the defensive look— but why not just run a play with a little bit more motion and more options? We saw this when the Wolves won a couple of close games recently. In fact, the last, you know, when D'Lo got the game-winning bucket, when uh, uh, the opponent was dialed in, when it was Utah, when they were dialed in on Towns and Russell just slipped to the basket after setting a screen and he was wide open, that sort of a play, why not? You know, that was a little bit different uh, of a situation, but why not run a play with a little bit more motion like that instead of putting the ball in DeLo's hands and saying, you know, go and go and uh, get us a bucket? Uh, because that's that's the easiest play in the world to defend. And New Orleans did a good job doing it Overtime, I, I mean, it was close for the first half of it. I mean, it was really back and forth. Um, and uh, then Towns fouled out with with a couple minutes to play uh, with two minutes to play in a one point game. They were down or excuse me. Yeah, the Wolves were down one Towns fouls out on a really ticky tack call. And I'll get to the officiate in a minute. Because believe it or not, despite the fact, well, I'm not going to get in my soapbox yet. Next segment, I'm going to talk about the officiating. It'll be one of the key takeaways. Towns got fouled, was fouled out on a tiki tak blocking foul on a Zion Williamson attempt. Zion hits both free throws. Edwards travels on the other end on another questionable no-call, and Zion comes down and scores. It's a five-point game. The Wolves never got closer than four, They got and they only got it to four at the end on a desperation three from Wancho. Um, so this game basically ended when Towns fouled out, and uh, that was disappointing. Obviously, the collapse at the end of the game, up nine with three and a half minutes left, was extremely disappointing, and it was equal parts defense and offense falling apart at the end of the game. Uh, so we're going to break that down a little bit in key takeaways here next. Um, as well as the officiating and a couple of other things before we get to individual studs and duds. First, though, let's talk about our great friends at Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed, match your job description faster, only pay for the candidates that meet must-have qualifications, and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed Instant Match, giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job description immediately and Indeed's skills test that on average reduces hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests, then add your must-have requirements, so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. That's a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. All right, let's jump right into key takeaways. So number one for me, the Timberwolves defensive intensity, and this is going to sound crazy in a game they gave up 140 and a couple of uh, 30 plus point quarters, including another big first quarter, 38 points in the first quarter. The Wolves defensive intensity was actually pretty good in this game. There were some point of attack issues, but like Zion Williamson is really hard to slow down. They, they, Frustrated Brandon Ingram into a four of 17 shooting night with four turnovers. He was not good in this game. And I mean, Eric Bledsoe was, was fine, but like, he didn't do a ton of damage outside Alonzo ball going bonkers in the first and third quarters. I mean, the wolves did okay. I mean, you take out Alonzo balls, three point shooting numbers and, and the starters for the Pelicans combined to shoot only four of 13 from three and their bench was only two of six from three. So I guess <laughs> combine those together. What's that? A uh, six of 16 or sorry, six of 19 from non-Lonzo Ball players. So the Wolves did okay outside of Lonzo Ball. What was the issue with Lonzo? Well, first of all, he was hot. Second of all, Ricky Rubio got caught doubling or, or really helping in the paint a little bit too much, trying to help, you know, trying to dig on Zion when he got into the paint and that was where a lot of the the damage was done. I mean Zion Williamson had 8 assists. He did have 7 turnovers. But the Wolves plan was to double off of Lonzo. And, and and Lonzo Ball, I mean like he wasn't a great shooter when he came into the league, but he's 38% this year. And the Wolves unfortunately made the decision to double off of him and not a true double, but really just kind of help off of him. And and it was it was detrimental to the Wolves trying to slid on the Pelicans. But generally speaking, Jade McDaniels did a little better than Jared Vanderbilt as a whole one-on-one with Zion Williamson. That's partly why McDaniels fouled out as well late in this game. Um, in addition to Towns, but Vanderbilt had a, had a rough first half when he was matched up with him, but was solid in the second half. McDaniels did okay. I mean, I know Zion shot 14 of 17, but the seven turnovers were partly a function of how the Wolves defended him. And uh, he, he, got a bunch of free throw attempts in this game and and it's just he's just so hard to stop and and outside of the game plan not quite working and Zion being fantastic down the stretch of this game after after a really kind of quiet middle part of this game the wolves defense was scrambling they were they were trying i mean both D'Lo, carl anthony towns both those guys um, despite their reputations during this these last few weeks have really been defending hard and both of those guys did their part in this game at least attempting to provide some resistance And the Pelicans just had a solid offensive game, more more so than anything. The bigger issue for me was the offensive execution down the stretch. And you can go back and rewatch the end of the fourth quarter. And it really just felt like the Wolves were trying to hang on for dear life. And that's something that we've seen be an issue for Minnesota, the rare times they've gotten leads. But also think back to the Ryan Saunders era, times when they got the leading and kicked it away late because it was like they were just too tight, right? Um, And and defensively, and I'll get into the officiate in a minute, There were some bad calls. The Pelicans got to the line a little too much down the stretch, but the Wolves were not moving their feet in the same way defensively. They were not securing defensive rebounds and they were, they were not getting offensive rebounds really after that three minute mark in the fourth quarter. And the Pelicans won all those hustle plays. It was very weird. It's like, if you're up by nine, you should be the one, you should be the team making those aggressive hustle plays to secure the victory. But instead the Wolves were just trying to hang on for dear life. And that's not, it doesn't work. Um, They tried to get the ball to Towns and credit Willie Hernan Gomez. He did a good job guarding Cat. Cat took a couple of really difficult shot attempts, fadeaway jumpers from the post, um, contested jump hooks. He tried turning drop-stepping baseline and shooting with his inside, with his right hand a couple of, uh, one time, I guess. And easily, uh, it was a foul call actually, but it it almost wasn't. Um, There were a couple of those really, the Wolves tried playing through Towns and it was smart, but credit the Pelicans for how they defended him. D'Lo- for as good as, as D'Lo was early in this game and as fantastic as he passed the ball really throughout, he struggled with his shot mightily. He, uh, With the Wolves clinging to a two-point lead um, with just over a minute to play, he got into the paint, could have been a foul call, there wasn't, and apparently the ball wasn't tipped. He caught it, was called for traveling. So it was like, it was a missed shot and a traveling call all at the same time for D'Lo. And it, it was just, the execution was not there. There were a couple of sloppy turnovers, All that stuff just kind of mixed in. And if you follow the other team every time down the court and the Wolves literally did that from the 330 mark, there was only one possession where they didn't, or I'm sorry, no, there were zero possessions from the 330 mark until the 150 mark Five straight possessions, the Pelicans were fouled and got free throws. And at the 150 mark, Zion made a shot to pull the Pelicans within four. Next time down, they scored again. So the Pelicans had literally zero empty possessions. The Wolves had zero stops from the 330 mark through the end of the game. There were three offensive rebounds in there for the Pelicans. The one that led to free throws, and then with the in a in a two point with a two point Wolves lead, the Pelicans got two offensive rebounds from Hernan Gomez, missed a three, got another offensive rebound, and. Hernan Gomez made the putback. Um, so three thirty on zero, zero stops for the Wolves. No defensive rebounds and no, um, and, and no turnovers forced. It was just easy for the Pelicans down the stretch, and that obviously can't happen. Um, so to me, that was the most disturbing thing for the Wolves. Um, let's talk about the officiating. And if you listen to this podcast regularly, or if, or if you don't, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this. I don't talk about officiating very often. I think there's been two other podcasts this year that I've singled out officiating and I've given this kind of short spiel that I don't talk about about officiating very often because I mean, come on, it's, it's hard. You could complain about officiating every night. Um, there's always bad calls every single night, but they go both ways. It very rarely has a direct impact on the results of the game. And I'm not even going to say that it did here. I just want to say that the officiating in this game was brutal, really, really bad, terrible, both ends of the floor. Um, it seemed like I, well, no, it was all the officials. Uh, a lot of the bad ones were James Williams to single I guess to single out a specific official, but it was not it was not good across the board. Um, i don't I don't even really know where to start or finish. I, just bad calls, missed calls, uh, out of bounds calls that were overturned, the the phantom blocking foul on Josh Okogi before halftime that the wolves challenged and, over, and that was overturned. Um, the uh, the the last two actually the last three foul calls on towns. Were just miserable foul calls. The one that was like three seconds late, and yeah, maybe you call it if it happened, you know, in real time, but it's not like he clobbered him. You don't call that three seconds after the fact. The blocking foul he fouled out on was terrible. The offensive foul that was his third or fourth foul was also really bad. Not saying that by the letter of the law, it was not an offensive foul, but I mean, come on, you can't tell me you don't call that exact same screen doesn't happen every time down the floor on both ends of the floor. Guys are never hardly ever completely set. And if you slightly move a little bit, you just suddenly decide to call a foul on somebody one time. I mean, unless it's egregious, that call shit. And that's to me, that's been an issue since I mean, think back to how Kevin Garnett used to send set screens. It's always been an issue. The inconsistency of calling moving screens, um, it's just whenever the official decides they want to blow their whistle, that's when it happens. Um, so that was brutal. The way that Zion Williamson was officiated compared to the way that Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards are officiated was just unconscionable. I mean, combined, Edwards and Towns had 19 free throw attempts. Zion Williamson had 15. Um, and of course, Edwards and Towns are both much better free throw Free throwers. I mean, they they make it at a much higher percentage than than uh, than Zion does at the line. Think about if if just a couple more calls or a couple less calls had gone Zion's way, or a couple more calls had gone Edwards or Towns' way. Um, the, oh, the technical on Anthony Edwards for literally turning around and saying, "Hey, man, that's a foul. He hit my arm. That's a foul." You can read lips. That's almost exactly what he said. There were no curse words. All he did was hit his arm and say that as he ran up the court, which happens almost every possession in the NBA. Somebody's complaining and saying that exact thing, but usually with profanity, the fact that Edwards was called for a technical that cost the Wolves a point there as well in a game that went to overtime, just unbelievable. And and I normally would not do this and I don't complain about officiating. This is probably the, the biggest kind of ranty rant that I've been on about officiating this year but it was really bad, just a very poorly officiated game. And, uh, the NBA hopefully takes note of that because, uh, not that it makes any difference in relation to this game, but this, this sort of thing can't happen. Um, and it, it was really weird. It was like the officials had no problem calling a foul every time down the court on the wolves against the Pelicans late in the in regulation. But then, then it was like, ah, shoot game into overtime. I guess we'll just stop calling fouls then. Um, and that's kind of what happened after that. So, except for the, of course the six foul on towns, but, um, Anyway, that was, it was bad. It was really bad, poorly officiated. The Timberwolves did not, did not. I mean, if we're going to say, you know, I'm not going to say they deserved to win this game either because of how poorly they played down the stretch, but let's not pretend like the officiating didn't have an impact on this game. And like I said a minute ago, it was bad both ways. I mean, I mean, it just, I mean, Stephen Gundy got a technical because he was upset too. Like the Pelicans didn't necessarily only get a favorable whistle. I think it was just the Zion thing that really got to me. And then the way that Towns was called for these ticky tack fouls, it's just, it's just, it makes no sense. Um, Very frustrating at any rate. uh, Oh, and by the way, the Pelicans had 46 free throw attempts in this game. If that wasn't, uh, if that wasn't, and they only shot seventy percent at the line too, forty six attempts. The Wolves had thirty two. So maybe just don't call so many fouls. Maybe that's the answer. There should not be seventy eight combined free throws in a game. And, and again, to my point earlier. It's not like the Wolves played terrible defense. It's not like this was a no-defense, all-offense game. It's just the, the whistles were just nonstop. There were 78 combined free throws in this game. No wonder there were 276 combined points and that this the winning team had 140 in an overtime game. Just absurd. Um, just stop calling so many fouls. Make the game a little more watchable. All right. That's enough of, of me on my soapbox and boxing, the ranting. We'll get into individual studs and duds next, um, as we always do post game. So that'll be what we, uh, what we do here in just a moment. First of all, let's talk about bet online online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action at Bet Online. This week has tons of action on the go. The NFL draft, of course, was on over the weekend. The Kentucky Derby was back. The first leg of the Triple Crown is now in the books. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC and MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with the promo code On. That's promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Hey, let's also talk about Bilt Bar. I've been talking about Bilt Bar now for, I don't know, probably almost a year and a half, and it remains the best tasting protein bar of all time. I placed yet another order this week. It's basically become a weekly order for me. It's a protein bar that tastes exactly like a candy bar. There's 18 amazing new flavors, of the six brand new ones, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry bar, C are fantastic. I had a salted caramel the other day. That was also great. Um, and uh, what's the other one that I really like? Oh, toffee almond um, is fantastic. Every single one is covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. They're perfect if you're health conscious, if you're trying to lose or maintain weight, while still indulging in a delicious treat. Every single built Bar is low calorie, low sugar, high in protein and high in fiber, and they're great for the keto diet. You can go to builtbar.com and use the promo code locked fifteen. You'll get 15% off your next order. That's promo code lock 15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Okay, let's jump into individual studs and duds from Wolves Pelicans. Um, For the Timberwolves, the the best player on the floor for the Wolves in this one, it was actually, it's kind of tough because this game went in phases. Um, there were periods of time where Anthony Edwards was just unbelievable. And then, and then all of a sudden he wouldn't get the whistles and he had a couple of bad turnovers and the shot selection wasn't great. He's still going to get a stud for this one. I wouldn't say he's the best player on the floor for the wolves. Um, I had that written down, you know, in the third quarter, I think it was when the wolves were building their lead, but he struggled late in the game. He appeared to really bang up his elbow. He went to the rim and almost got an and one on a, what would have been a nasty two handed dunk, but he left it just short got hit hard on the right elbow and was flexing it. Looked like he was getting treatment on the bench after that. And then after a dunk late in the fourth, he was holding that arm again and wincing. So we'll see, hopefully nothing major, but he ended up with 29 points, nine rebounds, six assists. Seeing the rebound numbers go up for him lately has been great. Um, If that continues, that's gonna make a big difference for him and also make up for some of his defensive shortcomings to this point. I mean, he's still got the athletic profile and and everything to be a good defender, but um, he just hasn't been. But if the rebound numbers go up, that helps cover up some of those issues. Um, I've talked about this many times before. But defensive rebounding is part of defense. It's the only way you can end a possession besides a made shot or a turnover. Um, and, and so, it's a really important part of stopping the opponent team, uh, the opponent opposing team from scoring. So 29, nine, and six. He did have six turnovers in this game. He shot nine of 21, which is it's fine. Two of seven outside the arc. So he wasn't just stri- strictly launching threes. He did make one and then kind of got into this mode where he had a couple of ill-advised three-point attempts. That tends to happen after he makes a three. Um, but you can live with nine of 21 and two of seven if he's gonna shoot nine of 11 at the free throw line. So 29 points on 21 shots is fine. This was at times a fantastic game for him. And I wonder if just kind of banging up his arm a little bit, thankfully the Wolves have three days off off now um, to rest up, but that may have affected him towards the end. But there, there was this stretch where he was just taking the game over um, in in the second half. Uh, Towns had 28, 14, three assists and three steals in this game. Eight of 19 shooting four of nine outside the arc, a perfect eight of eight at the line. So 28, 14, three and three, he had four turnovers and then he fouled out in the overtime period this was a good game for towns. Um, he had some issues in the post down the stretch in the fourth quarter. Hernan Gomez actually gave him, Willie Hernan Gomez gave him a tough time, which was a little disconcerting. Um, but defensively he was solid despite the fouls. He wasn't even really, I think he only had two fouls at halftime. Um, he just kind of picked up a bunch of fouls down the stretch in this game. And again, many of tiki tack nature, uh, of a tiki tack nature, I should say. Um, but I mean, he got to the free throw line. You know, he had the eight of eight at the line. He could have gotten to the line more often. His three-point shot looked great early and he launched a couple of, of it's it's hard to really ever say a Towns three-point attempt is ill-advised uh, because he he's a 40% three-point shooter. But um, four of nine outside the arc, a good all-around game from Towns, similar to Ant, where there were moments where it was like, oh man, Cat could take this game over. And then it just didn't quite happen. And and then there were some questionable possessions. I mean, between the two of them that committed eight turnovers, or excuse me, 10 turnovers, And those two plus D'Lo, so the Wolves' three best players, combined for 14 of the Wolves' 16 turnovers, which is just insane. Um, Obviously, they're the ones handling the ball the most outside of Ricky Rubio, but still, uh, to have your three best players or who's supposed to be your three best players combined for 14 of the 16 turnovers isn't ideal. Um, For me, the other stud's gotta be Nas Reed. He was really good in this game. He saw some minutes at the four. The Wolves tried closing a little bit with the lineup. Once McDaniels fouled out, they had Townsend Reed on the court, So basically two fives on the court with Rubio and Russell, who basically two ones and Anthony Edwards. So you had two point guards, two centers and a wing on the court. And it was it didn't work because the Wolves didn't didn't score much offensively. I don't know that there was quite enough shooting on the floor at that point. And it it was really kind of running through towns anyway. But um, Nas isn't quite consistent enough from three. He was three for six in this game. And Edwards isn't either and neither is Rubio. I I just didn't think there was quite enough shooting on the floor at the end. But I I commended Finch after the win the other night about his rotations and pushing the right buttons and the right lineup combinations and his feel for the game. And I think that that is generally still true. And it was for much of this game too. I just think that, um, with the McDaniels McDaniel's fouling out at the end. Of course, then I guess, what are your alternatives? I guess Hernan Gomez would be the only other one uh, because Vanderbilt's not going to bring you any additional offensive punch. You don't want a Kogi at the four, obviously down the stretch. So um, certainly defensible, the, the lineup that Finch rolled out there, it just didn't quite work. All that to say, Nas also fouled out, by the way. Nas, Towns, and McDaniels all fouled out in this game, which tells you just how ticky-tack these calls were um, from the officiating crew. Uh, but Nas had 17 and five, Seven of 13 shooting three of six outside the arc. He missed his two free throw attempts. He had a steal and a block and fouled out in 22 minutes. So unfortunately, you know, if he hadn't fouled out, it would have been easy to say he was the most impactful, uh, certainly impactful, positively impactful bench player in this game for the Wolves. Um, so good game from Nas. In terms of duds, this is also tough because because this the, it was all over the map in this one. I, I really am struggling to give D'Angelo Russell a dud. I, I want to talk about him regardless, and, and I, I'm hedging right now, but he had 17 points, 11 assists, two steals, two rebounds. He had four turnovers, uh, and he, which is fine if you have 11 assists. It's not fine, but it's, it's okay. Uh, but he was one of 12 outside the arc, eight of 22 total. That means he was seven of 10 inside the arc and was pretty good in the paint, but somehow only got one free throw attempt on the night, on an and one uh, attempt, he missed it. But he should have gotten to the line a little bit more often. He was aggressive. Um, okay, I've talked myself out of giving him a dud. But he was not good down the stretch, and he just kept launching threes, and that's just what he does. But he was active defensively. You know, he he was fine. Uh, he certainly wasn't a stud for the Timberwolves in this game, but he was all right um, outside of the, the issues down the stretch. I guess if I have to assign a dud, um, I, you know what? I don't even think I can in this game because – there wasn't really any, anybody with like a glaringly bad performance. I mean, D'Lo would be the one who impacted the game in the most negative way down the stretch. So I guess it's got to be him. It feels ridiculous because he had 17 and 11, but um, the, the 17 points on 22 shots and the four turnovers uh, and, and the issues down the stretch aren't, aren't great. Um, so I guess it's got to be him. Also notable, uh, Jade McDaniels, I mentioned him. He was great defensively. He played 35 minutes and only attempted two shots from the field. So he had five points, five rebounds in 35 minutes, two steals. He was a team best plus 10 and really did an okay job on Zion. You know, it's again, seems crazy. He had what shot 14 of 17 and had 37 in this game. Zion did, but uh, Jaden, he's biding his time. I think he's going to have much more of an impact offensively next year, but this was a solid defensive game from him. And the wolves are basically starting two guys that are largely non-factors offensively, but solid defensively in McDaniels and a Kogi. We'll see how this thing shifts when Malik Beasley gets back, and all of a sudden you add another guy who's much more offensively inclined to put it lightly on the court, and you probably eat into a Kogi's minutes more than anybody else, uh, and maybe Jordan McLaughlin. I mean, maybe he gets out of the rotation once once uh, Beasley comes back. But um, at any rate, interesting game uh, all the way around, and uh, the Timberwolves, you know, should have held on to win this game. You're up nine with three and a half left. You have a chance to uh, to take the lead in the final 30 seconds. You go to overtime. There were multiple opportunities for the Wolves to put this thing away, and they couldn't. But the positive thing is that they were competitive once again. The Wolves are now, and as we continue to track this, 9-7 and seven with D'Lo and Towns both healthy and in the lineup. Of the seven losses, there's two overtime losses. There's a game that the Wolves led by, uh, by what, 18, I think, that Memphis game going to the fourth quarter. So that 9-7 and seven could very easily be, you know, like 12 and. Twelve and four, or or eleven and five, um, very very easily. Uh, so we continue to see this team be beyond competitive with those guys available. And, and as disappointed as this loss was, it was still positive to see the competitive play for the Wolves continue. They now have three consecutive days off, and don't play again until they play Memphis next Wednesday, May fifth. Um, so they get three days off at home, play Memphis, have a three-game road trip, and then a three-game homestand to finish out the season. We've only got seven games left, so we'll have plenty to talk about on Monday and Tuesday as we lead into Wednesday's game. The Monday and Tuesday pods will be able to break down some some numbers, look at the uh, Rookie of the Year race now that LaMelo Ball's back and playing, see what the Edwards versus Ball race looks like. We could talk about some of the odds there at BetOnline and and who the favorite is, um, as well as breaking down some some Wolves lineups. And again, these combinations, talked a little bit about two-man and three-man and four-man lineups last week, but I want to cover some more of that. Um, and then check back in on just how much improved Anthony Edwards' offensive game has been, and also D'Angelo Russell and his improvement since returning from injury. I know this is coming off of a game where I just gave him the dud after his uh, his his one for 12 from outside the arc and and poor clutch play in the loss to New Orleans. But he's been a lot better since he came back from injury. So that'll be a, he'll be a topic of the next couple of days as well. And then of course on Wednesday, we'll preview Wolves Grizzlies on Wednesday night. All right. That's all we have for you today here on the show. Thanks once again for listening to the Lockdown Wolves podcast. Of course, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Remember, the Lockdown Network is your local experts on the biggest stories. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, wherever you get podcasts. You can also follow on Twitter at Lockdown T-Wolves. That's at Lockdown T-Wolves. Don't forget the T. And also, how could I forget? You can follow on Odyssey. That's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y, to listen along to Lockdown Wolves make sure you're following there. You can also follow me on Twitter at B Beacon, that's B Beacon, two B's, two E's, C-K-E-N. Also a final reminder that today's show was brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, tell them that Locked On sent you. That's all we have for today. Make sure to, to come back on Monday for the show. My name's Ben Beacon. This is the Locked On Wolves podcast, and we'll catch you next time.